1: The cat sat on the Tonight, Russia's push to crush the last Ukrainian resistance in Mariupol, a Ukrainian commander saying bloody battles are raging at the steel plant where hundreds of civilians remain trapped. And our exclusive report, how U.S. intelligence helped Ukraine sink Russia's flagship in the Black Sea. Also news on First Lady Jill Biden, the visit she's planning to the Ukraine border. Also tonight, the worst day for stocks in nearly two years, the Dow dropping more than a thousand points after that Fed rate hike terrifying images from a tornado outbreak in texas and oklahoma the new threat we're tracking tonight security ramping up at the supreme court an eight-foot fence installed as protests grow over that leaked draft that would overturn Roe v. Wade, and a new battleground, abortion pills by mail. New COVID concerns after the US surpasses one million deaths, the troubling new projections, the White House shakeup, the historic new pick for press secretary. The dramatic testimony Amber Heard detailing abuse allegations (laughs) against ex-husband Johnny Depp in his defamation suit against her. And chasing his dream of running a 100-mile race, the ultra-marathoner inspiring America. This is NBC Nightly News with Lester Holt. Good evening. Tonight, we are getting an up-close look at the relentless Russian assault on the Azovstal steel plant in Mariupol, Ukraine, at what may be the last stand for Ukrainian forces trying to hold it. The dramatic video capturing a series of shells exploding on the grounds was shared by the Ukrainian National Guard, though impossible to know exactly when it was shot. A Ukrainian commander there reports Russian forces have entered the site and that heavy, bloody battles were being fought. Unknown tonight, the fate of civilians still at the plant. But first tonight, what NBC News has just learned about the role of U.S. intelligence in the sinking of a Russian warship. Kelly Kobiea has late details.
2: Tonight, NBC News reports U.S. intelligence shared with Ukraine helped lead to Ukraine's sinking of the Russian cruiser Moskva one of the most embarrassing setbacks Russia has faced since the start of the war. The news coming on the heels of a New York Times report that says the U.S. has given Ukraine real-time battlefield intelligence that American officials said led to the killings of Russian generals. NBC News has previously reported that the U.S. does share intelligence, but the Pentagon today denied targeting generals.
3: We do not provide intelligence on the location of senior military leaders on the battlefield.
2: In Ukraine tonight, the Mariupol steel plant facing assault, artillery exploding and smoke rising, seen in this video shared by the Ukrainian National Guard. A Ukrainian commander saying they're under attack from the air and ground.
4: We're fighting
2: heavy, bloody battles, he says. Hundreds are believed to still be hiding under that plant, many of them women and children. After about 100 were evacuated on Sunday, including Tatyana Trotsak, who was hiding underground for two months. On the other hand, I'm terribly worried about the civilians and wounded soldiers still there, she says. An advisor to President Zelensky claimed today the Russians want to declare victory in Mariupol by May 9, when Russia celebrates its defeat of the Nazis in World War II, though Russia denies the claim. Tonight, as the battle rages for Mariupol's steel plant, those who fled wait and hope. Anna is six months pregnant. I wanted my child to be born in Mariupol, she says. We bought an apartment. We were fixing it up. We just never thought we'd be in this situation. Now, she says, it's hard to see a way back.
1: Kelly Kobiella is in Ukraine tonight. Kelly, there is another high-profile visitor coming to the region soon.
2: Lester, the White House announced First Lady Jill Biden will be traveling to Eastern Europe. And on Sunday, Mother's Day, will meet with aid workers and refugees on Slovakia's border with Ukraine.
1: Lester. OK, Kelly, thank you. The Biden administration has said up to one hundred thousand Ukrainian refugees will be admitted to the United States. The Homeland Security Department has already gotten about 13000 applications through its online portal. But as Julia Ainsley reports, it's a painstaking process for some.
5: Svetlana Rogers was counting on President Biden.
6: This program will be fast. It will be streamlined.
5: Rogers is trying to get her sister's family, which fled from Ukraine to Poland, to her home in New Jersey. But when she logged on to the website
7: to apply. I was in shock. The requirements that um, they were asking to provide, it's, first of all, there is no clarity on anything.
5: Rogers has only seen her sister Olana and eight-year-old niece Yana over video calls since the war began. In Warsaw, Olana is struggling to find work and even to buy food.
1: It's very hard.
5: For access to the U.S., the family had to track down a deed to prove they owned their war-ravaged home and paper vaccination records from overwhelmed hospitals.
7: They have their hands full. To find the nurse or to find the doctor and staff who will agree to do that for you, it's it's unbelievable. The Biden administration
5: has closed the U.S.-Mexico border to Ukrainian refugees, directing them all to this online portal where their American sponsors have to show they can provide financial support. Rogers finally collected the paperwork and is now waiting for an answer from the U.S. government.
7: It's hardly long to be displayed from your home and your everyday life. To demand from them financial assets
5: from the war zone, it's not necessary. The Department of Homeland Security said it's working to streamline the process, but it can't say how long it will take those thousands of applications it has received to be processed. Lester?
1: Julia Ainsley, thank you. Now to that plunge today on Wall Street. The Dow plummeting more than 1,000 points, wiping out all the gains from yesterday's surge after the Fed announced a historic rate hike. Stephanie Rule is here. Stephanie, why the volatility?
5: A lot of this, Lester, has to do with the Federal Reserve. Yesterday, it raised rates by half a percent to try to slow inflation. And off of that, markets soared. The Dow had a big, big gain of more than 900 points. But here we are a day later, and many on Wall Street are reconsidering Fed actions and worrying if it's going to be able to slow inflation without tipping the economy into a recession. Now remember, We are still in an economic recovery. Very good news. And the job market is healthy. Tomorrow we get the newest jobs numbers. But today, today is a reminder for the average investor. This is what markets do. They go up, but they also go down. And the best advice, do not try to time the market day in and day out invest for the long
1: term. All right, Stephanie Rule. thank you for that. At least one tornado already confirmed tonight amid another outbreak of severe weather. It comes after a violent night of storms in parts of Texas and Oklahoma. Morgan Chesky is following the damage in
8: Texas. Tonight, tornadoes tearing through Texas and Oklahoma. At least eight reported twisters in the last 24 hours. One striking an East Texas RV park just hours ago, where officials say the storm injured two people amid a trail of destruction. In Seminole, Oklahoma, a brutal deja vu. The town already hit hard by a tornado Monday, suffering through a second twister. One teacher sharing the terrifying moments her family hit inside a school vault.
4: It, it felt like a train. My, my little boys were screaming. It was, uh,
0: it was definitely scary.
8: In Texas, another nightmare. A storm hidden by nightfall making a direct hit on the town of Lockett. In a sudden turn, the tornado caught a storm-chasing tour bus blasting out its windows with six people still inside. And miraculously, every single person on board that tornado damage van was able to walk away. But tonight, millions more are bracing for more severe thunderstorms and dangerous winds. Lester.
1: okay, Morgan and Dylan Dreyer is tracking it all. Dylan, another night of severe storms.
8: Lester, we've been keeping
4: a close eye on this squall line of storms moving through Texas into Louisiana. We still have the threat of tornadoes tonight, also winds over 70 miles per hour and hail two inches or more in diameter. Tomorrow, this whole storm system will shift to the east, bringing heavy rain, the chance of strong storms, especially through the Ohio and Tennessee River Valleys and from the southeast all the way up to the northeast, especially down through parts of Alabama into Georgia. That's where we could see our strongest storms again, large hail, damaging winds, tornadoes. Uh, can't be ruled out as well, but 38 million people are at risk of those storms tomorrow. We could also see about three to four inches of heavy rain, and that could lead to some flooding. Lester.
1: hi, Dylan Dreyer, thanks. Tonight, an eight-foot fence has been put up around the Supreme Court amid protests after the leak of that draft the Supreme Foundation. Court decision that would overturn Roe v. Wade. And tonight, those on both sides of the battle over abortion rights are scrambling to respond. Here's Blaine Alexander. The clinic...
4: Lillian Newton is a patient advocate at Hope Medical Group for Women in Shreveport, Louisiana, a position she pursued after going there as a patient.
5: I don't know if I would have made it through an unplanned pregnancy managing my mental health.
4: If Roe v. Wade is overturned, abortions in Louisiana, legal up to 20 weeks, would be immediately outlawed. And yesterday, the state legislature advanced a bill that would charge mothers and providers with homicide. Bradley Pierce, president of the Foundation to Abolish Abortion, helped write that bill and says his organization is working with at least a dozen other states on anti-abortion legislation.
8: We believe that uh, abortion is cruel and it's it's the taking of an innocent life and we should make that illegal. And there shouldn't be some exception for mothers.
4: As Americans await the fate of Roe v. Wade, today the Senate's top Democrat announced a last-ditch effort to protect abortion rights.
8: Next week.
1: The U.S. Senate is going to vote on legislation to codify a woman's right to seek an abortion into federal law.
4: The measure is largely expected to fail, which is why some states are taking action. Today, Connecticut's governor signed a law to expand abortion access and protect medical providers and patients, including women from out of state. And some states are placing focus on abortion pills that can be administered by providers or through the mail. Their FDA approved for up to 10 weeks in a non-medical setting.
7: I definitely think that we will see medication abortions increase. That may be easier in some cases than coordinating um, a visit at a time where a clinic has availability.
4: Legal experts say that paves a difficult path for states on both sides of the issue you'll see states in conflict with each other. You'll see uh, states in conflict with the federal government. Um, You won't see an end to court battles. For now, Americans are watching the Supreme Court for a final decision. Blaine Alexander, NBC News.
1: And just breaking, the FDA putting new limits on Johnson & Johnson's COVID vaccine because of a rare blood clotting and bleeding issue. The FDA says only adults who can't get another vaccine should get the J&J shot. And as the country surpasses one million COVID deaths, concerning new signs tonight with cases, hospitalizations and deaths
6: all rising again. Here's Gabe Gutierrez. Tonight, a new Omicron sub-variant is fueling another COVID surge across much of the U.S. In Maine, an elementary school has shifted to remote learning after 30 percent of its students and staff got sick.
3: It's frustrating because uh, I thought we had kind of uh, come out of the woods on
6: this. Now, the CDC forecasts COVID hospitalizations and deaths will rise over the next four weeks. That comes as the COVID death toll in the U.S. climbs above one million. That number is devastating. Dr. Umesh Gidwani runs the cardiac ICU at Mount Sinai Hospital in New York. The state's COVID hospitalizations just topped 2,000 for the first time since February. California has seen its rate of new COVID cases increase nearly 70 percent in the past two weeks. And in Seattle, a Carnival cruise ship docked this week after passengers say more than 100 people were infected. They were overwhelmed. U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken has tested positive just days after attending the White House Correspondents' Dinner. The
3: nation's most distinguished super-spreader event.
6: <laughs> that event is now facing growing scrutiny as more guests test positive, including several staffers from NBC News. The dinner mandated proof of vaccination and a same-day negative test, though other social events in D.C. that weekend may have had more lenient requirements. The president of the White House Correspondents Association says our event implemented protocols that went beyond any guidance or regulation issued by the CDC or the D.C. Health Department. And today, the World Health Organization estimated there have been nearly 15 million COVID-related deaths globally, roughly three times the official number. Lester. An
1: astonishing number, Gabe. Thank you. History is being made at the White House with the announcement of a new press secretary. Corrine Jean-Pierre is the first black woman and the first openly gay person to take on that role. She is set to take over when Jen Psaki leaves on May 13th. In 60 seconds, fireworks in the courtroom. Actress Amber Heard testifying against ex-husband Johnny Depp in his $50 million defamation lawsuit against her.
7: Donate to USA for UNHCR by visiting unrefugees.org slash donation.
1: In a Virginia courtroom, two actors in a heated real-life drama, the $50 million defamation suit by Johnny Depp against ex-wife Amber Heard, who gave dramatic testimony today. Here's Miguel Almaguer.
2: (laughs) I couldn't... (laughs) i couldn't breathe
9: detailing disturbing allegations of physical verbal and mental abuse
2: my
5: head was bashing against the back of the bar and i remember just trying to get up so i could breathe so i could tell him that he was really hurting me tonight the
9: sordid and salacious defamation trial now putting johnny depp's ex-wife amber heard on the stand to describe her view of their toxic relationship so ashamed of the names we call each other it was awful Testifying for a second day the actress said Depp's drug use triggered violent fights heard providing photos of a comatose Depp who she says passed out on hotel room floors or sitting in chairs after consuming cocktails of drugs <laughs> behind the scenes of their red carpet appearances the couple accusing each other of mental torment and bloody physical attacks
8: miss heard would
10: Get upset, angry, um, and uh, argumentative and violent.
9: Depp's $50 million defamation suit, countered by Heard's $100 million claim, comes after the actress wrote a 2018 op-ed about surviving domestic abuse, though never naming Depp. Never struck Miss Heard. Depp says Heard's allegations cost him his career heard countering her life was destroyed by death tonight after days of damaging testimony an explosive hollywood drama that no one wants a role
1: in miguel almaguer nbc news and up next for us tonight the impact of sanctions on russia how some of the richest russians protect their wealth the European Union is now proposing a ban on Russian oil, but as the West considers new sanctions, are the ones already in place against Russia having an impact? Here's Kier Simmons.
10: In Russia, at least publicly, many are shrugging off punishing sanctions from the West. President Putin has insisted they've failed. These Russians told us life goes on.
6: It's OK. Everything is OK. It's, uh, it's not a big problem.
10: But Russia has been hit. Russian officials project the economy will shrink sharply. Nearly a thousand global companies have left. The doors are locked and someone's posted a Z sign in support of the Russian military with pictures of Western brands. The words say, Okay bye. But new warnings tonight that many of Russia's richest, personally targeted by sanctions, have spent years working to insulate their wealth. What we are
0: seeing is a very clever strategy to um, protect uh, their assets.
10: Sheila Alecci has been pouring through millions of leaked financial documents. So if I'm a rich Russian, I put my money in a company, wrap it in another company, in another company, then have that owned by a distant relative or an in-law.
6: And sometimes if you're smart enough, uh, that money is invested in a very posh property in London.
10: The documents also reveal the role of a major Western accounting firm, PwC, in helping one of Russia's wealthiest men administer offshore companies as he grew his business empire. Alexey Mordashov, who was sanctioned by the EU in February, says he has always conducted his activities strictly following Russian and international laws. PwC told us the firm is in the process of exiting relationships with sanctioned individuals and that the work it performs is in line with all laws and regulations.
0: It's absolutely complicated and good luck to regulators and authorities who are really looking into this because according to some people, it's already too late.
10: And now Europe has announced a new embargo on Russian oil, but not gas, and it won't start for months. The West's economic ties with Russia hard to break. Lester.
1: Keir Simmons, thank you. Up
10: next, an ultra
1: marathon man, inspiring America. What drives him to go the distance? As we continue inspiring America week, we're celebrating a young athlete who's showing just how far you can go. Here's Gotti Schwartz.
3: 20-year-old Zach Bates is an ultra-marathon running inspiration, raising awareness on autism while pushing through the pain of participating in some of the world's longest races. We caught up with him in California preparing for a 100K race. That's more than 62 miles. And we found when he's not running, he's often happiest sharing all kinds of statistics. I've looked up. How many people have finished the marathon It's like less than 1%. Less than 1%. And that's just for regular marathons. Zach's setting his sights even higher. Ultra marathons, one of the most grueling of extreme sports, achieving the ambitious goal of completing a 100-mile race before his 20th birthday.
5: Autism is his superpower. It gives him focus. It gives him determination. It gives him
3: drive. Zach was kind enough to take me on a warm-up run and give me some pointers without even breaking a sweat. Okay, for those that are watching this video and thinking, I'd never be able to do that. What's your message to them? You
10: can do if you want to. What does it take? It take some strengthen your mind
3: a strength of mind, and an infectious love for running. High
8: five! This is going to be uh,
5: the most difficult race I've done. I'm really excited.
3: Then he was off, tackling the Canyon's Endurance 100K Ultra Marathon, the youngest to compete this year. Over 16,000 feet of elevation and 17 hours running, Zach finishing in the arms of those he inspires the most. Gotti Schwartz, NBC News, Auburn, California.
1: Terrific. Don't miss the 2022 Inspiration List this Saturday on NBC, MSNBC, and CNBC, and Sunday on Telemundo and across streaming platforms. Also, you can watch an all news, nightly news, kids edition streaming right now with a special guest. That's nightly news. Thanks for watching, everyone. I'm Lester Holt. Please take care of yourself and each other. Good night.